0: Welcome back another exciting edition of the New Age Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White, and... Me, next. <laughs> Mike Theobald as generally always, all but one. All but one, yeah. Uh, no Terry today. I've missed one, yeah, that's bad. You've missed one. Terry's missed more than one, though. Terry's so missed more sh- than one. He's shame late on Terry. He's late to the party, yeah. and then he keeps
1: having days <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> the audience might be a little bit sad to know that... Terry's on a stag do this weekend, so therefore he would the hammered, and the amount of positive feedback we got from the hammered podcast that we did, <laughs> they might wish that Terry was here.
1: Yeah, um, and I'm sure he's having a good time in Marbella or beef or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's something...
1: Hanging out the back of birds, just smashing his way around fucking party towns. Yeah, go on Terry, <laughs> go on Terry lad. Get in this, we're doing
0: something of a Tesco Value podcast today, uh, being as there's been no fights. Uh, well, there might have been some in deepest, darkest Mongolia. Without Terrier? Without don't know. We don't, You did, know, we don't know. So there's been no fights that we know of that have happened. None um, that I can be asked to look up. None that are coming up that, well, certainly in the near future. Um, so unless we still. Steal some uh, content from our future podcast. We might as well just stick and to no this one's week. died
1: this week either. Like, inconsiderate. Yeah. If I'm yeah. honest. Well, they have. What, but gonna... no, no boxers. <laughs> <laughs> we can't really do a Carolina <laughs> Hearn special. No, from my
0: understand, it's... literally, this is the one week where nobody in the world's died. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just...
1: <laughs> so. Just keep stringing out this uh, introduction. So, thanks for okay. listening to the New <laughs> <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> what
0: we're going to do is we've got a few listeners' questions. We've got a. True or false thing. um let's Just wrap it on now. Sack it off.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's about all we got. There's not much to talk about, really. You S- kind people have fired in some questions, though. So, yeah, so uh, that's going to keep us going. Yeah. It's a listener's question special because we like to give oh, back. Oh,
0: yeah. Grandma, when I think of that, that is brilliant. Uh, we'll go for that then. Yeah. um Welcome to the New Age Boxing <laughs> Podcast Listener's Special. Um, we'll start off by talking about the Vladimir Pichko-Fury fight, the listener's question that we had was with so many rumours flying around, will it actually happen? Um, That was from uh, Uh, Senor Tasty at Senor Tasty on Twitter. I don't really know how to address that. Um, Can we put into context any of the rumours that have been flying about? Have you heard something, not concrete, but like something that's made you think,
1: oh, hold on a minute, um, nothing, no, nothing to go to that extent. It's just the whole situation. So I was out actually last night with um, a friend who's leaving for uh, Manchester, and he was telling me about his mate, l- it's a bit third-hand information, this isn't fact by any means, but he was saying that uh, his mate lives in the same, like, within the vicinity of Fury, and, uh, I don't know, caravan park or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> um... And he apparently was saying that Fury has been, like, on the lash a lot, like, in the build-up to this fight. Um, And saying that he's been down the local and the injury that he's got was, uh, by all accounts, done whilst pissed up uh, at a rave. (laughs) Which, there's footage of him at a rave from a few weeks ago. So whether somebody's, like, seen that and made a nice and elaborate story out of it, I don't know. Um... So, yeah, there's the whole injury side of it. There's not been a date announced for the comeback. There's the drugs um, or the Nandrolone conversation. It's all just gone very quiet from, like, you know, the the Furies put out a statement via Hennessy saying, um, you know, they were flabbergasted or whatever it was by the, the drugs uh, story. It's just all gone a bit quiet and a bit, I mean, Terry, Terry said the other week he doesn't think it will happen. Um, you know, there's stories around the tickets not selling particularly well for the fight. Uh, they were very, very highly priced. You would kind of expect there should have been an announcement about the rematch date by now. It's said to be September. Now there's talk of it being in October. Um, yeah, I just it's one of the ones where you kind of, and I think we're probably going to use this quote a lot today. That I'll believe it when they get in the ring. I suppose. Um, until then, it's all just talk and smoke and mirrors and rumours. You know, I'm not in a position to, uh, to be able to confirm it one way or the other. But yeah, I, uh,
0: Terry Terry thought that it would take the long route round, didn't he, potentially? Um, and he reckoned that Joshua would take on Klitschko. Yeah. Because Klitschko gets sick and tired of waiting for Fury. Why would Fury not take Klitschko and then take another fight? Is he... would would you, would Fury genuinely
1: be scared of Klitschko? No, no, not at all. I, I don't think it's Fury. It may be Fury playing mind games or whatever. Cause remember, he, you know, the first fight it was Klitschko that pulled out a very short notice and put the date back, which fucked us over because we were going to go out to Germany yeah, and watch yeah. it. Um, screw you, Fury. Uh, screw
0: you, Klitschko. We don't care.
1: Yeah. So um, it may be mind games from Fury just putting the the date back. It may be that he's not in shape. I mean, let's not rule that out. If uh, well, I think
0: the thing you kind of alluded to this when it
1: happened with Klitschko, which was
0: if you if you put back a fight, you're able to, and you'll know you're going to do that anyway. You're able to make your training regime. He could have he could have said in say March or whenever it was. Right, we're going to find October. Yeah, and so but we'll say the date's going to be in July, and that screws Klitschko's you know, ramp up and ramp down plans completely.
1: Or as Terry would say, his PED intake. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Terry would go on this massive rant about... about <laughs> spreadsheets and <laughs> Nandrolone and, and all sorts.
0: Yeah, uh, hooked up to chicken hormones. <laughs>
1: um, uh, but no, it kind of, you know, could have a, a point to an extent. But Yeah, of course. You have to plan your training around <laughs> when you peak and when you tether it off towards the end. Yeah. And perhaps that is, you know, Fury playing games.
0: Well, even regardless of any... Extracurricular. I'm saying this <laughs> with yeah. such painful caution, but it, if you, even if you discount any of that, just the just the the running up the stairs once a week to the running up the stairs eight times a week, or yeah. whatever, has to change when it comes to and then dropping it down to twice a week <laughs> yeah, at the exa- end of it. Yeah, it exactly. It's... Yeah. So i I can see it would make sense from a psychological, from a physical, both point of view to To manipulate the timings of everything, so I, it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if that were the case.
1: And Fury's not a man who's short on money. He's not desperate for this fight to go ahead tomorrow so that he can take the paycheck. You know, he's been out buying a grand's worth of Jager bombs in France or whatever it was. Yeah, so, that, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a man who's desperately short and in need of the cash straight away. So, maybe there is an element of that. Maybe it's a combination of everything. Maybe it's poor ticket sales. Maybe it's the news about this particularly failed drugs test, which was 18 months ago or whatever. So, who knows what's going on with that? Maybe there is an injury. Maybe it's not as bad as what it says. Maybe there is an element of the mind games and, you know, turning it all in its head a little bit and giving Fury the advantage. You don't know. I mean, and because they're such a, a tight knit unit. I don't think you're probably ever going to find out either. The thing
0: that a bit confuses me about the ankle thing is... Um, one, when he posted that Instagram picture, I've had exactly the same injury in terms of, like, turning your ankle and your ligaments getting badly bruised. I've had bruises up to the bottom of my knee, all the way down to the bottom of my toes. <laughs> but what the point I'm trying to make is that that I've had the same injury... And you don't twist your ankle, pull your sock down, and it's purple. It takes days, if not or a good solid week or two, to, for that bruising to come out.
1: He did say when he posted that photo, he did say it was done like a week before. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I
0: remember. I remember him saying something like that.
1: But then they were going ahead, and Frank Warren and Co were promoting the fight during that yeah. week. So, so like that's if... what.
0: And also, I'd like to know where was he during like. The re- the only thing that this could possibly tell us is if it's real or not. That's what I'm trying to get at. So, where, what were his movements over that last week? Was he was was he seen anywhere? I was like he- Crime stuff. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> out because <laughs> more the fact that you can't walk on that. You're a whatever he is, 18 stone bloke. You don't walk on a battered ankle, you know, so like that. If it is real, and it is that bad, to me, is brave to be fighting a world title fight against the fighter caliber of Klitschko in four months time because that ankle will not feel good in four
1: months yeah, time But I mean if it is that bad and it is that real you're right four months time isn't a huge amount of time for ligaments to heal fully what isn't going to help them heal fully is walking with the England fans through Nice
0: yeah
1: jumping up and down singing about not wanting to come home or whatever it doesn't and I know Fury's one I, for winding people up and I know he's one for like he wants to go off the beaten path a lot. It doesn't look good, though. I'm like, mm. I mean, you know, we're both huge kind of Fury fans, but it's hard to justify. As much as I like the bloke, it's hard to justify those actions when you've got fans that have paid for those original tickets, made travel arrangements. You know, they've had to sort things out for that weekend. It gets called off because of that ankle, and then you see him out fucking about in France. It doesn't look good <laughs> to no. me.
0: It seems to me that he wants to have this. This the personality he wants to project is this guy that's different, that's quirky, that's perhaps misunderstood. And I think the only way that that's going to work is if his boxing legacy justifies that afterwards. You know, that the way that people look back at someone 10 years ago, well, no one really understood him at the time, but now we look back, what a genius, or whatever, what he's hoping for. But to that end, he seems to just push it so to the extreme that he, I I'm struggling at this point. I mean, like you've just cr- correctly said, we're both Fury, um, we're both Fury fans, but I, I'm struggling to think what is what is he gonna do for for the to the world to love him if he continues pushing this, pushing those buttons? Because I don't I don't think it's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, I think you know he comes out with um, British people don't love me, etc. You know, I'm not I'm not liked by anyone in Britain. And that's fine. Like, I can understand that mindset. Although, you know, it's it's the underdog mindset, isn't it? It's building yourself to be a lower self-esteem or whatever, at least in the public eye. I don't think he genuinely believes that because I think he knows that he's garnered a lot of love and support from boxing fans. But that's hard to keep going. Like, if you muck people around that much, yeah. it's hard to keep supporting somebody that is, you know, that way inclined to to make things difficult to like them.
0: Um, yeah, and and like <laughs> boxing f- fans aren't wilting lilies, are they? They'll see through yeah. bullshit <laughs> straight yeah. away. At the moment, I think I certainly think he is benefiting from the almost yin and yang relationship with Joshua, um, because you've got one guy who seems who's professing he's whiter than white, with this sort of dark background, uh, questionably, um or and you've got Fury on the other side of things, which has a I don't know, for the most part, from, from what I understand, a reasonably sort of normal background, but yet he seems to have this dark aura around him just given to him by public the public conscious. So I, I definitely think he... At the moment, he's thriving off of that, but if he starts alienating himself from the boxing fans because of his actions to sort of things, you know, the, like you exactly what you've just said, really, then then he's going to start suffering because Joshua is... Only going to get bigger, isn't he? So and and Fury really, well, certainly in my eyes, needs to grow with that and be be that be that alternative.
1: Yeah, and Fury won't in like if he carries on with the trajectory that he's going, he won't instill the hate of say a Floyd Mayweather you, where you pay to watch him lose. He's yeah. just going to annoy people to the yeah. point where you're not going to pay to watch him. Yeah, I and mean, that's I, I, a dangerous. I didn't like
0: Floyd. I didn't like Mayweather, but he was a consummate professional once i mean once he'd fannied about and garnered the attention that he wanted from the build-up to a fight once that fight was arranged he generally sort of a, a, approached it with professionalism and uh, you know regardless of how shit that fight was going to turn out to be yeah he, he he approached it with respect as much as professionalism it felt like anyway yeah even if it was money that he was always interested in yeah
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, not to labour on the point too much, but I think that probably is where Fury's falling down a little bit, is that you've got to respect fans. Yeah. And it's not a good look to pull out of something with an ankle injury and then be filmed out in France less than a week later, bouncing up and down. I think that's where Hatton used
0: to thrive, because people would see him after a fight. Yeah, nice one, he's getting on the beers of the lads. And people could relate to that, but then once he said i've got a fight arranged everything would switch off and he'd turn into this professional dedicated boxer and people respected that about him yeah. because he respected the sport because he respected the fans and he wanted to put on a good show whereas fury just seems to have this wants to have that love and affection seemingly maybe he doesn't care i don't know but but he's also almost like he wants to do it on his own terms and he and he doesn't give a shit what people think and yeah. he, as soon as you stop giving a shit what people think ultimately you let go of your fate, really. If you don't stick to at least some norms, you you're kind of on your own, aren't you? Yeah. And, and I just I do worry in that respect for him. But yeah. So, do you think it's going to go ahead? Yes or no? Was that? Jeez,
1: oh, fifteen minutes ago we asked that. mate, yeah. uh- <laughs> we've got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reiterate every point we've just <laughs> made. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I think in October. Okay,
0: so from one guy who maybe needs to look at the way that he's behaving in order to garner support from the fans or keep that support from the fans, to another, which, I mean, he's not really on the same platform, but Kelbrook. I'll ask you straight away, I suppose the easiest one is to go with, what has happened with the Vargas fight?
1: Okay, so Jesse Vargas is the WBO welterweight title holder, so... He won that against uh, Timothy Bradley. Um, Go back now, I can't remember what it was. He. <laughs> they've been talking about doing a unification fight over in uh, Sheffield. So Eddie Hearn was, I mean, this is going back at least three weeks now, maybe even a month, talking about waiting for the fixture list to be released so they could look at planning a fight in, uh, say, September time at uh, Bramwell Lane the home of Sheffield United, Brooks a Sheffield lad. So Hearn was waiting on the Football League fixtures to come out so that they could start trying to plan a date when Sheffield United were playing away and the stadium would be free. Those fixtures came out two weeks ago now. And from that, we've still not heard anything. And then Hearn's been talking about um he's going to treble Jesse Vargas's biggest ever uh, payday, which was what he got for the, uh, the Timothy Bradley fight. So he's saying that apparently that is what uh, the money that they've offered him is. So I took down what the the purse was for the Bradley fight. It was, bear with me, bear with me, $600,000. So, what does that work out as in English? About 400 grand?
0: Just, well, now. Now, yeah. <laughs> Post-Brexit. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're probably looking at somewhere around half a million, but... Um, okay, uh, call
1: it half a million. So, Hearn's saying that they're offering three times that. So, one and a half million pounds, say, for Vargas to come over to Sheffield and fight Brook. Brook could be taking less than that. Um, so, say it's a million, I don't know. But it's not happening. And... Kel Brooks tweeted this morning about um, you know, just sign the paperwork Vargas, apparently it's waiting on Vargas he signed paperwork with Top Rank as his promoter but they've not signed it for the fight with Hearn and then Vargas comes out this morning and tweets something about, um, maybe I should just go and do the, the Timothy Bradley rematch, go and have that fight again and so it's a complete mess, like this is something that Hearn was talking about, as I say weeks back now, and it's it's just a complete shambles. So it kind of in in a very confined period of time, it sums up Kell Brook's career to an extent. It's you know it's not happening. <laughs> it's not where it should be by now. If that fight's happening, it should be signed and it should be you know delivered for say you know we're in July now. If he's talking about September, that's, what, a maximum of 10, 11 weeks away, back end of September. And even then, are you really going to risk doing an outdoor fight at Bramwell Lane? I'm, I'm not convinced you would necessarily want to invest in doing that. Um, so it, it's a horrible mess. Um,
0: he has been accused of... Well, he has accused of... He has been chasing Amir Khan for a payday, presumably. Now, this... this links in with a question that Scott McGee sent us at McGee737 on Twitter. He comes at us with, is there a fighter who relies on their name... Uh, sorry, on one name on their record as much as Brooke does. So that was the fight against Sean Porter. What has he done specifically wrong with his career to this point? And can you sum it up? Or is it just a complete mess?
1: So his career... Pre-Sean Porter was pretty poor. Like, there's no standout wins on there. There was Rabchenko who beat Hatton when Hatton came back. That's probably the highlight of that. Then, you know, he beats Sean Porter. He goes out to Tenerife on the lash or whatever and ends up getting stabbed in a a hotel room and then has to take whatever it was, nine, ten months out because his leg was fucked. And then he comes back and he's fought uh, Jojo Dan, Frankie Gavin, uh, Kevin Bizier. They're not good enough. They're, they're terrible fights. Now, two of those are mandatories, granted. Like, okay, two of them are mandatories, which were Dan and Bizier. You get to pick one fight out of your three, and he's held that title for two years in August. So next month, it'll be two years, and he'd have had three fights. And the one that you've picked is Frankie Gavin, for fuck's sake. Why,
0: why don't the IBF make him fight somebody better?
1: <laughs> uh... I don't know, like Busier and Dan were their ranking. So part of what it is, is that when, uh, and Hearn explained this in an interview a while back, that if you've got Kel Brook there as a title holder, so straight away, any purse bid that it goes to, Brook will get, I think it's 75%, maybe even 80% of the purse, and the challenger will get 25 maybe 20% of the purse. And so when you're starting off on those IBF rankings and you're looking at like number two, if it gets offered to number two, they may well say no, because they don't want to take it on those terms. So you go to number three and they may say no. And so you work your way down until somebody says yes. So as much as it's a mandatory and therefore it's a person who's in line, it's actually the person in line who accepts the fight. And so it may well be that although, you know, Jojo Dan ends up, or Kevin Bizier end up being the the mandatory challenger, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were the highest ranked person. It's just they were the highest ranked that accepted it. They accepted the terms. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, you end up now with like Kel Brook stuck in a situation where Vargas, I just think, okay, if he's earning a million pounds for the fight, Brook, if he's earning less than Vargas, call it a million quid. And the problem is presumably over money, like Vargas isn't happy with his side of it. Kelbrook ought to just scrap half of his purse. Take five hundred it's still five hundred grand for fuck's sake. <laughs> Take five hundred grand and give that other five hundred grand to Vargas. Just so that you can hold two yeah. of the world titles, so you can make yourself relevant, so that you can get that he, big well, fight.
0: I, I think this is the biggest problem for him. Like, he's he's clearly trying to chase this big payday unless he's the only thing that makes me makes me... The one thing that it continually makes me think is that he is not confident in his own ability. Because he's looking for one massive payday, so even if I get knocked up by a car, and I still get a million pounds out of it, or something like that. Because it would make sense, like you've suggested there, to collect even if you have to take crap terms, collect a few belts, become more relevant in the public eye, then you can start being the name that people pay for, rather than trying to chase someone's name that people pay for. If
1: you were at work, right, and your boss said to you, You're going to take a 50% pay cut for the next year. Now, that 50% is still a decent amount, right? Because 500 grand is more than what anyone else. So, say you're going to take a 50% pay cut and it's enough for you to live on for the next year. You know that. You've done the math. You can work it out. You'll pay the mortgage. You'll pay the food bills, everything like that. But in two years' time, you're going to earn twice as much as what you do today. So, you've got to invest in yourself for one year to take slightly less. But in two years' time and thereon, Every year, you're going to make twice as much as what you do now. You'd take it, surely, wouldn't you? Like Any sensible person would do that. So, Kelbrook needs to invest in himself. Kelbrook, if the requirement is that you drop half of your purse, your purse and you give that to Vargas, yes, you might feel hard done by, but that's the way to make yeah. big fights. That's the way to make yourself relevant. And then you've got Danny Garcia, who's a WBC title holder. You've got Keith Thurman, who's a WBA title holder. You can start to negotiate on your terms at that point. If you if you're holding two of the belts, you can start to dictate to them what you want, and you can actually make yourself an attractive proposition. Because he's a hard fight, Kelbrook. No one's ever doubting that he's a he's a decent tough fight. He may be the best in that division, and so you know it's a situation of the risk and reward for fighters and promoters. Do you want to take Brook without getting a decent payday? Probably not. So. He's going to have to accept that little bit less to be able to, you know, get the the big fights and make himself the most relevant fighter in that yeah, division.
0: I, I agree with you because even tough, hard fighters. Are still attractive prospects as long as they're relevant, like Canelo, like Triple G. Yeah. These aren't walkover fights that people just—they just happen to have a massive support behind them. Yeah, Mayweather. People hunting them down because they were more relevant, because they can get a payday out of it, as much as they can potentially get knocked out. <laughs> um, yeah, but so so it seems to me that it just is. That's the one thing Kellbrook isn't, and that's relevant. Like It's so easy to forget about him.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And it must be hard for Hearn, because how much money do you invest into somebody that has lost the momentum, has lost that popularity? And there's no doubt he could get it back, and he could be... You know, you see Anthony Kroller doing it up in Manchester. He's that hometown hero. He's got that backing of a city... You know, Sheffield, I'm sure, would get behind Brook, but there's not a reason to do so at the moment. And until he, as I say, invests in himself, that's how I would see it. I can see we, yeah. See take that, that you know, take that smaller cut, whatever it needs to get those belts, back yourself, hoping you'll win, confident in yourself that you'll win, and then go on to bigger things in the future. But in the meantime, you're just floating, you know, <laughs> you're treading water. He's... It's puzzling because this is a common theme with big fights,
0: really, isn't it? There always seems to be this sticky, the terms or something. Is there? Can you think of any other sport, let's say apart from other combat sports, and maybe that's an unfair unfair comparison, but any other sport that relies so heavily on terms agreement? There isn't, is there?
1: No, I mean, apart from, say, footballers signing for a team or whatever, like, your contract and how much you're going to earn per week maybe holds you up. Um, but no, I mean, Andy Murray doesn't duck out of Wimbledon because the prize money isn't big enough. Yeah. But, I mean, again, like, if you see Andy Murray versus Roger Federer at the final of Wimbledon, that's, say, arguably two of the best. I know Novak Djokovic is out as yeah. of today. So, like, say that's the two best players available in the world. They get to that Wimbledon final nobody's charging you extra to watch those two because they're the two best it's not a (laughs) pay-per-view tennis match don't give
0: him that idea (laughs) (laughs) mate
1: but i mean that could go on for five hours or whatever that's not a pay-per-view tennis match and so like for boxing for some reason there's this idea that you need to get pay-per-view to get the best two into the ring together if pay-per-view didn't exist then fighters would just have to accept what money was on the table just as Andy Murray and Roger Federer have to accept, you know, whatever's going to be the winner's purse coming out of Wimbledon. Like, it's only because there's this pre-concept of pay-per-view that's been born out of, you know, the 80s and 90s and then scrapped over here post-David Hay, Audley Harrison, then brought back up until a few years ago. Pay-per-view didn't exist until Hearn got his clutches back in. Yeah,
0: I I think, I'm just thinking about it then. I, I think, to be honest, it's, if you look at something like tennis... A majority of what those players earn, yes, of course, the prize money is good, but I think it's only like, I think it's in the singular millions that they earn. Right. Is that it? Right, yeah, but that's if they win, and then it goes considerably down if they sort of come third. You, you're talking like within the tens of thousands, I believe. It's not, it's not, so it's not like if you come tenth, you still earn five hundred thousand or anything like that. So in order to in order to maintain a living as someone who's not in the top five tennis players in the world, especially when you consider the domination of, say, the, the four sort of players, fed, I'm not going to dwell on them. But the point
1: I'm trying to make is... No, uh, dwell on them, because have still got like, <laughs> plenty of time
0: <laughs> They have to... It's sponsorship, right? So sponsorship pays, plays a massive part, as it does in a lot of other sports, like golf and all kinds of things. Golf is another one. It relies on Football. it. Football. But... As a tennis player, you can also opt to play in special events, you know, like the Tennis Superstore event in, in O2 or something like yeah. that. And that, you know, that might pay $5 million to the first five places, I don't know, but it's their private sort of things. But the reason that players continually come back to the French Open, Wimbledon, the Australian Open, the US Open, is prestige. And that's what I think sometimes is lacking in boxing, the prestige of what the sport offers. Because even that really is contestable ultimately money is king isn't it really you look at someone like Mayweather in the end it was like right well you got to pay some money to sanction bro- uh, to the, to the uh, what was it the WBA or something and he went no nah, you can have the belt I'm not yeah. interested gave up the belt so went right it's Mayweather time you can come and fight May- for the Mayweather belt or something like that it wouldn't have surprised me if he created his own belt <laughs> if yeah. you beat me you can get the Mayweather belt so it's I think it's the universal prestige which is missing from boxing and all it does is create money as the ultimate goal for yeah.
1: boxers. But, I mean, who's the more relevant? Like, Kel Brook, as the IBF title holder, is chasing a fight with Amir Khan, who doesn't hold anything. Mm. You're chasing exactly. that yeah. fight because you want to get paid he's for because it. Because of the money, Like, yeah. go and chase the fucking title holders. Go and like try and clean up your division. Uh, granted, maybe that's what he's doing now with Vargas, but it's taken the best part of 18 months or whatever. At least when Khan was doing it with Mayweather, Mayweather held those belts. Now, we all know that wasn't the driving force, but at least you could justify it as that. The driving force was making himself the biggest name in the division and getting the money out of it. Yeah. But Brook chasing Khan is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're right. Like The prestige isn't there. It's about the money. The what, belts are just you know trinkets that happen to come along with it.
0: C- will we ever have a beefer? <laughs> that doesn't work. Even even remotely no. when it comes to the acronym a FIFA of boxing. <laughs> yeah. What a corrupt
1: oversight <laughs> yeah. of all bodies.
0: Yeah. yeah. Can we have a place corruption in boxing with another massive corruption corrupt <laughs> organization?
1: well we have one organization that runs all of boxing? Like one that ties together the WBA, the WBO, the IBF, the WBC, the IBO, all the other dog shit ones that I can't bother going into. Mm. uh no like boxing would have to break for that to happen so like it would have to get to a point where you know if all the cogs started to grind together and no fights could get made i mean they'll still make fights because they'll make them inter-promotionally um but something serious would have to happen to break the sport to put it back together i mean arguably that's what it needs at times but uh, no, yeah. I, uh, no, I don't think you're gonna have one body that oversees. So I think
0: that, that's the only way that this would ever be rectified, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so like
1: UFC style, where you have yeah. Dana White. I don't know, you know, he's the the figurehead of it. I don't know if he runs UFC or whatever, really. If I'm honest, but you know, they have a way of running that is their champion, and then Dana White or whoever it is behind the scenes organizes their top ten, and then their top ten fight to get in a position to fight for the championship. There's only one belt. I mean, granted, there are other. Um, MMA bodies around, but you know, that's a prestigious one and that's who you want to fight for, and that's a belt you want to win. Um it's not gonna happen in boxing. It's yeah, there's too much money and too much corruption in it already for it to be stapled back together.
0: And also when you've got once you are a name,
1: I suppose it's easy if you
0: let's just say they did create beefer tomorrow. (laughs) Um then, That's what Terry is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, well, if they did, all it would take is someone not getting in their way somewhere and they step outside and say, Right, we're going to do this. Take some TV set. I, I don't know if it's just uncontrollable, if it was always going to go this way, you know? Like, because, I mean, for example, Conor McGregor. You know, within ten minutes of him, I, I, what had he? What had happened? I don't, I don't follow. Don't but something go, had happened with him. He hadn't got something hadn't gone his way. So was like, I'm going to fight Mayweather, maybe. And there was talk of it. Now, admittedly, that didn't come off. But there's nothing stopping him from doing that, making an absolute shit ton of money, and then going screw you to the UFC. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe you know, we sort of answer our own question in the basis that whilst you've got big personalities and whilst you've got people that can just go. You know, we'll fight to raise a load of money. Maybe we'll never see a joined-up thinking sport.
1: No, you won't. I mean, there's too many governing bodies and too much money involved already for it to happen.
0: So speaking about governing bodies, then, we have another question from Jim 8 He asks, do you know why Frank Warren is obsessed with the WBO? Something covered before um, that he got, like, European Promoter of the Year or something, yeah. didn't he, from them? is." Is it sanctioning related? Also, does the European belt lack credibility compared to the EBU belt in your eyes? Having domestic level fighters holding it seems strange. So, what's your initial thoughts on that question?
1: Um, Those questions. (laughs) Well, I tweeted back uh, to General about a piece that I'd written a while back, which looked at. Because I had the same thought, really. Why or is it that it's as bad as it looks? Um, I think this was on the back of like one of the Frank Warren cards where they put about eight WBO title yeah, that's fights. Right. I of some that, yeah. uh, not all world title fights, but like some being the inter pan continental or whatever and like the European South Antarctican
0: ones. Antarctican WBO yeah.
1: yeah. Um so I had a look at it and it was looking back over the last three years and I won't bore you with all the stats but um No, no,
0: please do. Do <laughs> <laughs> so they take about ten minutes to
1: read off? <laughs> So over the last three years, I looked through each of the title fights that uh, Hearn and Warren have put on, and 58% of Frank Warren's title fights over the last three years are WBO ones. So given <laughs> that you've got four major bodies, 17% were IBF, 17% WBA, and 8% were WBC. So 58% of his fights are with the WBO. Hearn, thirty-two uh, percent WBC, thirty-two percent WBA, twenty-six percent IBF, and ten percent WBO. So there's not many WBO fights left to go round after Warren's like swept them all up. So there's only ten percent from Hearn there. Um, that's a little bit outdated. I did that about three, four months back. So it'd be, you know, there's different numbers now. But um, they Warren's are some nice pie charts. though. They are some nice pie charts. Go check them out on the page. You it's, definitely uh, should. <laughs> not now uh yeah so i mean warren's organization going back with the wbo it stems back to the days of you know eubank and calzagy you know they were all wbo title holders um what is it with them i don't know maybe like they've got nude pictures of him or something and like he has to go with them or else they're going to get released i don't know
0: Where do you know where they're based? These world governing bodies. Isn't the IBF based in Puerto Rico
1: or something? Something like that. WBA is in Panama. Uh, WBC is Mexico.
0: So there's a WBO in like South London.
1: WBOs in Frank Warren's attic, (laughs) (laughs) fucking (laughs) locked up.
0: Yeah, like so. I I I suppose it makes sense if you've got a working relationship with somebody and they. If you have a favoured supplier. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> In any workplace. You I know. suppose it makes sense if you like he yeah, could have had over the he's been into sports so long, Christ, he, he could have had feuds with literally anyone, couldn't he? Yeah. I mean, um yeah. so maybe maybe he just looks at it and goes, you know what, WBO are the easiest to work with.
1: Every uh body that you work with, so the IBF, the WBA, WBC, WBO, any of their title fights, world title fight, European title fight, wherever they all have sanctioning fees attached to them, so you pay them X percent of any fight. Chances are he's worked with them so, for so long and put so much business their way, he's on mates' rates. Like, yeah, he's going to yeah. be getting better rates than, say, Eddie Hearn will. So, Eddie Hearn puts more out towards the IBF. He probably gets a little bit of favourable. You know, sometimes it's going to be the easiest path, and, you know, the path of least resistance for his fighter to get a title, maybe down a certain governing body. But it may well be that you know that governing body is favourable to that promoter.
0: Do you think, um, just on a on a slight digression, do you think the stripping of the IBF from Fury and then the gifting of to Charles Martin or uh, Glaz, no, not Glazkov, mm.
1: uh, I don't know, where that yeah, Polish yeah. geezer,
0: that guy who busts his knee up real bad, if yeah. you haven't seen it, I was just go and look at it. Don't uh, not what you're eating. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Do you think that could have been the long game with Joshua in mind, slash just an Eddie Hand fight, but probably therefore Joshua? Um, yeah. I think we might have talked about this before. Yeah,
1: I, I think, um, yeah, like it would I, would make admit, sense, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blame anyone for it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, Martin and whoever it was that he beat were in the the best position as per the rankings to fight for it. Martin got a decent payday out of Joshua. Hearn gets... I don't blame anyone for that, Well, in fairness to
0: the IBF, by doing that, they've now got three fights out of their belt. Yeah. Whereas they would still be waiting and for their, their first And they're big fights,
1: they're big money around it. You know, they're <laughs> taking a percentage of each of those fights. Their sanctioning fees are far higher than what they would have been if Fury had held the belt.
0: Yeah, it, still. It's a fact. and it's done nothing with them. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: mm. no one... Well, the IBF are to blame there for enforcing their rules... But then they are the rules, you can't really blame them for it. Nobody's to blame, really, out of all of it, I suppose. Like, they're all getting business out of it. So boxing wouldn't work if there wasn't money getting turned over by everybody.
0: Yeah, I suppose, I think at the time, uh, I certainly probably said that it it strips them of credibility by just stripping it from Tyson Fury because this, that, and... Well, it was because they wanted to take a mandatory fight, right? Yeah,
1: he'd signed the rematch clause with Klitschko, so so he couldn't get out of that. uh, It was a cash-22. Yeah.
0: So they stripped him of it. Um he said he would throw in a skip, which he didn't do. No, so sad, it, really. I
1: thought he'd smelt it or whatever, <laughs> wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
0: or uh, or feed it to some ravenous dogs or something to rip apart. Yeah. Um on his on his trailer park. But so yeah, I I I'm in that in retrospect now, I think I'd probably see that as a positive move in complete yeah,
1: it keeps the belt moving as yeah. well. It keeps it in circulation. People want to see title fights. Yeah, 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 you know the biggest losers out of this at the moment are the IBF and the WBO, who have got their belts on Fury in a fight that's what was it December last year? No, it was yeah. November, well, wasn't it? Late November.
0: So when was the last time? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. when was the last time um,
1: Wilder fought? Uh, well, he was meant to be fighting Povetkin, but Povetkin failed the drug test, so he's fighting. Ah, shit geez his name escapes me right now but he's got a fight coming up over the next uh, week or two I can't remember when it is um, but it's a very hastily arranged match because these um, the Povetkin fight fell through they've uh, they've managed to get one I think it's Chris uh, is it Chris? Oh, I don't know um, they've managed to get one made very very quickly which uh, so well, yeah it to be a good fight then <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I mean that's if a little you bit you
0: thought Joshua versus Charles Martin was good <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, uh, I say, uh, in hindsight, you're looking at it, you think the biggest winners out of it are you know, <laughs> handing over a belt to Joshua to take all those sanctioning fees. Not such a terrible idea. Yeah, as it turns out.
0: Right, we are officially out of questions. Um, so, I, I, first of all, I thank the people that came in with some questions, because without you, we literally wouldn't have had a you podcast. You saved us. Yeah, thank you very much for that. I'd encourage people to get in touch, as always. I don't have Terry to make a... 40-minute pitch on why he can get in touch with us, but rest assured, if he was here, he would do. I have some true or false questions for you, Martin. Um, some of them have a story behind them, some of them don't.
1: This is very clandestine for you know everyone that can't see it. He's got a bit of paper, he's <laughs> folded it over, this is more preparation than he does on a normal week. It's- yeah,
0: that's true. There's a pillow now in front of... Um, the piece of paper to stop right brilliant no it's a soundproof barrier (laughs) from our studio (laughs) right true or false boxing in an ice cream parlor in greenland and denmark is illegal Fucks, true
1: no it's full right brilliant okay (laughs) is this the level we've come to thank you for your questions (laughs) once um, again (laughs) because imagine just imagine 45 minutes of this jesus christ True or false? A boy will never be born that can swim faster than a shark. <laughs> Don't care. Is it true? <laughs> um.
0: In British Singapore in 19. False. 19- <laughs> <coughs> <Don't> do <that. coughs> Next. In British Singapore, in 1910, a man was pitted against a Komodo dragon. It was billed as St. George versus the
1: dragon. False.
0: <laughs> it is false. Right, good. Because <laughs> a
1: Komodo dragon is about two inches off the ground, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's like they're about six feet long, and if they bite you, you get septicemia pretty quick and you
1: die. So That's a legit fight, then. I, I, I was thinking, yeah, it's,
0: uh, that's, that's almost like. Uh, what do they do? Mongoose versus the the snake thing in in, in India. Have you ever
1: seen that? No. They do like is a, this. What we've come to well, with that short on it's material. The, it's
0: like I don't know the cobra. Cobra versus the mongoose. If you ever that sounds
1: of a, like a havers. <laughs> Someone have <laughs> <of> a fight. <laughs> cobra versus a mongoose. The thing is,
0: uh, the mongoose is faster than the cobra. But if the cobra strikes the mongoose, mongoose it dies. <sighs> so it's it's interesting. They do it in India all the time.
1: Yeah, great.
0: Boxing gloves. Have made boxing more
1: dangerous. True. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, because you damage your knuckles without them.
0: Yeah, and also because it's because it's more pain. Like, for, as a bo- if you were boxing um, bare knuckle, you wouldn't necessarily strike the head because yes. it's a solid, you know. Whereas you'd go for body shots more. Yeah. So, once boxing gloves were introduced, it was because people wanted to see more headshots and more knockouts. Yeah. So. Correct, That's about the most sensible one I've
1: had. You <laughs> I never mean, one involved a fucking Komodo dragon.
0: <laughs> but but there was the one with the man versus a bear, wasn't there? Which seems about as well, stupid yeah, for me. That's yeah. That's true. Um Muhammad Ali once went 2 months without sex before a fight because he thought it made him a better
1: boxer. True.
0: Yeah. As far as we know, that is true.
1: I've uh, I've spoken with a coach before who said about not having sex before fights, uh, and like thoroughly encouraged all of his fighters not to even like don't even touch a knob for like a month before the fight, um, like a full four weeks, no no interaction with your penis whatsoever, and then can like, touch
0: each other's penises though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, just not your own.
1: <laughs> yeah, like no nothing at all. And he said, like he said to me once, "You try doing it." I'm like, "Have you seen me? I'm far too attractive for my wife not to want to, <laughs> you know, have a go on that." But um, you barefaced lied to him like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was saying then, like when you're doing your ring walk, when you're going down to the ring, like just say to that fighter, like, "Look at that bloke in the ring." That's the reason. He said you get so angry, so aggressive. Like, everything will piss you off. If you haven't like ejaculated essentially in four weeks, <laughs> uh, you no. will get so angry. <laughs> it's a trial, nah. Um, but yeah, then like when you're going down to that ring and he's all touchy and fired up, just like whisper to him that bloke in the ring is a reason you haven't come in four weeks, and like that's it, set him off. <laughs> anyway, that's our sex advice clinic done. <laughs> uh,
0: the only one I've the only thing I've heard. Contrary to that, is that Ronda Rousey believes that if she has more sex before a fight, it increases testosterone levels.
1: So she thinks she should have loads of sex before a fight. Maybe it's different for a male and a female. Which sucks a bit, really. <laughs> well, you could suck a bit. So, uh, <laughs> <sorry. clears throat> right.
0: Okay, let's move on to the final part of this podcast. It's defend. I mean, you know, arguably inarguable.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: the original argue yeah. The Okay, the point you have to argue, whilst I just get the timer ready, is the one question that pretty much everyone, or the one point that everyone knows to be true, so you're going to struggle here, but this is it. Komodo dragon can't fire. <laughs> boxing, most of all, the sport of boxing most of all suffers because there is just not enough governing
1: bodies. Well, it's true, because what fans love to see is a title being defended. So look at Liam Smith's last title fight against Radjidovich. I mean, there were they couldn't fit enough people into that Liverpool Echo arena. They were coming out the door. So if you had 20 more titles available <clears throat> at all levels, like world title, European level, area level if you could build all that title up and build like a museum of different governing bodies just imagine how much excitement that would be for fans how much you'd want to pay to see you know your mate who like he's never had a fight before but he could win a world title tomorrow <laughs> that's the kind of level we're talking about so yeah more the merrier bring him on more money we in the sport Do actually have a
0: mate who's, who's mate loosely termed who has fought for a <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> don't, don't. Some... we're not gonna don't we won't name <laughs>
1: but (laughs) he claims to be a world title holder. Yeah, for like the JJC boxing... Nah, fuck it. It's the WBF, the World Boxing (laughs) Federation, that are sanctioned by the clowns that are the Maltese Boxing confederate and, like, claim to be a world title holder. It's an absolute... Oh, God. Like... Yeah, it's it's. I tried to
0: give the belt to the first fifty fighters, but nobody would accept it. So you are the new. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's a horrible situation. So yeah, let's let's cut off the amount of uh, of organisations.
0: Okay, so that's about it. This might be a free podcast, but I will accept you've not got value for money for this <laughs> one. <laughs> this is
1: like when I stream Anthony Joshua <laughs> fights and still feel ripped off. <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah I I hope you've enjoyed what we've managed to cobble together I promise that in the future well actually no I don't promise anything Boxing World needs to give us if it's not going to give us fights or news it needs to give us some more deaths it needs to give us treats, treats or something but it's not delivered this week so we've tried our best (laughs) hopefully we're better next week I'm sure Terry says goodbye but from me goodbye thank you for listening
1: It made it up, it made it up, it made it hard music,